Yo, 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 wacky, wacky. Are you there, buddy? Yo, 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 how we doing? <laughs> we are doing good. We are doing good. Seems like Maeve is still not having his account, man. It must suck, bro. Oh, dude, it's going to take a while. Maeve, poor Maeve. He's right there behind the PewCast account. Look at him crying, the thumb down. Oh, no. Five to seven days, guys. Five to seven business days minimum. <laughs> this is what happens, man, when you're trying to evade permanent suspension using your primary account and not your alt accounts, you know? This is what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, this, this guy, he tried to avoid uh, detection, so I'm not too sure what he's doing. But, man, I have to follow Karmic Tom because, you know, he's on and on in spaces and he's just hashtagging free Mave. So, you know, that's, what, that's the movement that we are going to go today. <laughs> free Mave, hashtag, that's it. This is this is after screwing him with the with the thread recommending him for the mocha list and then that got him banned the day after so you know <laughs> bro bro like Kamik say right he has the mocha list you know he was going to be awarded so you know people are like nah I'm not gonna get let this guy get my chance of it you know let's just mass report him and that's what happened man. Uh, that would be crazy if that's actually what so just happened. Just to share a bit with uh, everybody, I, I was speaking to Valgo then. Uh... And then obviously Wacky is speaking on behalf of us, but uh, I I I presume the conversation will be a bit weird, right? Like, oh, like you mean your co-host got his account suspended, sus? <laughs> <laughs> I did tell them that's because you were trying to invade permanent suspension, and they were like, oh, can Elon fix this? So I think they're all right. They understand. <laughs> all right, oh, Wacky, God. are you pumped? I'm pumped. Let's get it started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, Europe. Good morning, Americas. And welcome to Rug Radio Asia Web3 Muffers, where we talk everything Web3, NFTs, latest news, hard topics. And today is all about private NFT clubs, Amazon getting into NFTs, skateboarding, and ordinals, my co-host's favorite topic, FOMO, FOMO, FOMO. We do this show every weekday, Monday to Friday, 10 p.m. UTC plus 8. I am only referring to UTC plus 8 as this Sunday, we've got daylight savings time happening in the U.S. and then in the U.K. a couple weeks after that. So the concept of time is going to get really messy. So just fix your times to UTC plus 8, 10 p.m. As always, a very warm welcome to you, ladies and gents from all over the world, as you join us on this adventure to build the biggest, the greatest, and the baddest Asia Web3 community there is. My name is Wacky. I am your host under our brand, PewCast. We are official content providers of Red Radio, but you notice I finally just finished Westworld, and I guess that tells us everything we need to know. Machines have won, haven't they? Right? I mean, basically, she's left all alone. She's there all by, oh, shit. I'm, spoiler alert. Oh, my God. For anyone that hasn't seen Westworld before, I got to say, I'm fascinated by AI. But more than that, I'm fascinated by robotics. So love the show. Puke, I know you've finished it. You and I need to chat. My co-host, I do not have any intimate details about his, about his day, unfortunately. So no funny stories for you today. However, I know he's been up to... Um, putting together an amazing lineup for us today. Lots of amazing news, lots of amazing guest speakers with Seek as well. His name, Buke Rainbow. How you doing, brother? <laughs> Bro, just spoiler alert, like I didn't watch uh, the last, last series of Westworld. 
So oh, no, you know what? when you, you know Dolores <laughs> escaped, right? And then she went out to the real world. After that, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know what happened. So man, you and I thought I, you told me that you had watched it. We definitely <laughs> c- cannot chat about this because, hey, man, like I've not finished it, and then you would definitely be a spoiler, um, and you're not you're gonna make me not watch it. So no, man, oh, definitely no. <laughs> wow, sorry, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to Asia Web Three, motherfuckers, powered by Pubcast, the rock radio of Asia Space, where we only have one goal in mind: to build the most genuine Web Three community among the Asia countries and to unite everyone under one roof. We run the show Monday to Friday, like Wacky said, you know, with daylight saving and stuff like that. Maybe we have a changes, but, you know, let's watch out. And I'm excited today because, hey, we have Benier uh, and also Sick NFT Project as our guest speaker. So, guys, like, retweet the space to show your support and help us to spread the word so we are able to provide, you know, better speakers, better value for you guys. All right. Are you guys keen to pump this up? So let's kick off with a little ice, short ice-breaking session. Uh, you know, Wacky, I'm going to ask this question to you. What's your first NFT purchase, my man? So do you know? Do you, do you know? Because I think I mentioned this before. Do you, do you remember what, uh, which one it is or, or no? Let me, no, let me man. This to you. Okay, all right, all right. Well, here we go. My co-host is Adam. Listen to me. You know, this, this is it. This is it. Okay, I tell you again. So the very first NFT I bought, man, is from Nifty Nick, is the Nifty Portal. This is when I started getting into NFTs and I realized, for those of you, I think a lot of you know, but I went to college with Nifty Nick. Nick and P.O., I went to college with him. I was in the same fraternity. We went to spring break together. Him and I have plenty of stories to share, but those will never be shared. And I realized that he was into NFTs and that he was doing a podcast about NFTs. And I was like, oh, wow, look at that. This is so cool. I started listening to it. Lo and behold, a few months later, he was in the middle of launching his project. And knowing the man, knowing my friend, I was like, look, if there's anyone that I know is going to do something with that NFT and it's not going to rug him, it's going to be him. So my, the very first NFT I bought was the Nifty Portal, man. It's just, it wasn't even an NFT. It was, uh, uh, what is it? An ERC uh, 1155. So, so yeah. So I, I have to say, I still have it. And I'm, uh, I'm pretty proud of it, actually. So who are we going to ask next? Actually, let's go over to our guest. Benier, how are you? Would love to hear what was the very first NFT that you bought. Hey, GM, GM. Uh, the reason why I say that, it's, it's 9 a.m. here. I'm based out of New York, but I know it's evening time for you guys. So uh, almost GN to the Asian Rug Radio community. But the first NFT that I ever bought, well, actually, I'll first start off with the first NFT that I tried to buy. Um, that <laughs> That was this nft called the sevens it was the first mint and nft i tried to go for it was the public sale terrible experience i had no idea what i was doing um ended up losing gas failing a transaction that was like my first interaction with nfts but the first nft that i actually bought was superlative secret society oh man that's cool it's from uh indonesia yeah. artist, right yep that's right and you, do you Hands still up, have it? Up. I love it. <laughs> no, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was a right, right, v- very beautiful NFT, though. Very beautiful NFT. Uh, you know, I, my, my first person was successful. And then I went for the beautiful one, the super normal one from Zipsy. Yeah, they're beautiful. And I paid 
you know, I paid up my butt for it and I still have it because I can't, <laughs> I can't, you know, I can get throw, I can get myself to, uh, I bought it for five and now it's a 0 0.3. I can't, I can't do this. So I'm going to keep it forever. <laughs> Karmic, how you, how you doing, buddy? Karmic, would love to hear about the first NFT that you bought. Yeah. Hi. Uh, and happy to see, to have the CEO of Seek uh, NFT because it's a project I've actually like seen like a few weeks ago. So welcome. My first NFT uh, was a tennis-related NFT from a tennis coach. And actually, I was invited to a lunch on the terrace of uh, Roland Garros uh, Grand Slam uh, Tennis uh, for Women's Finals. So, And we had like lobsters, etc. And it's <laughs> not things I'm used to doing, but... Uh, <laughs> well, come back, here you go. Your true colors come out. <laughs> Champagne, lobster. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, that was about it, but it was like utility, let's say, food. <laughs> oh, man, this is actually pretty cool. So you actually went and bought an NFT that, you know, had a purpose. You didn't just buy like a city JPEG. Well, I mean, you know, out of all uh, all the first purchases that you could have made, that sounds like a pretty sound first purchase. <laughs> well, afterwards, I supported like uh, an artist from Turkey. She does like Pikachu, Pikachu punks. So it's like Pikachu derivatives who are like punks uh, on Polygon for cheap. So I also met an artist. So I tried to do a balance, but uh, I should have degen into uh, so many stuff, but <laughs> I didn't. The true degen in you showed up really quickly with the Pikachu punks. Dude, if you still have it, I would love to see a picture of it. So if you can post a picture of it, I would love to see what they look like. Okay, one more. And um, you know how I'm going to go? I'm going to go to you, Puke. I want to know what your first NFT was. <laughs> Bro, if talking about NFT, you have to go to Maeve, man, because he's the man of NFT. But I have to tell you, I'm pretty ashamed with all my purchases because as you guys know, you just look at my name, right? My name is Puke Rainbow and I'm not using a doodle. So I'm salty and I purchase literally every derivatives of doodle. So you have like <laughs> Londos, which is a lion doodle. You have like noodles. You have like tons. I, I think it was slaves. Uh, it was like, you know, uh, doodles, secret society. So every derivative of like, you know, doodle color, pastel color, I am a sucker for it. And man, like, I mean, you, you guys know like those projects, once you buy it, you, can, you can't sell for shits, right? So <laughs> that's literally oh my, my journey into NFT, whereby I just, you know, degen all the way into derivatives. And that, and that time, it was funny because at that time, like when Doodles was pumped, I think one day we see like three to four derivatives. You know, you grind the whitelist, you get the whitelist, you mid, and then the team just disappears. So, man, oh, no. those were the times that, you know, you got wrecked really bad. And it's like, ah, shit. All right. You know what? I'm afraid of derivatives um, during that time. And then, but right now, this the is like, it's totally different, right? And with all the money that you spent on these, you could probably have bought a Doodle and, uh, and then life would be jolly. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. All right, Maeve, last <laughs> oh, one. Let, wait, let's hear from Maeve. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oop. Maeve. First thing, like, Maeve, Sevens. Oh, man, I remember Sevens, man. It was, like, so far, like, out of reach at that point of time. Then uh, I remember the who do those thing. But uh, my first NFT, I, if I remember correctly, it was called Tick Pokemons. And, uh... <laughs> I remember it wasn't like I, I remember Eve was cheaper, way cheaper, but gas was like super high. So it was a very interesting experience for me. But yeah, anyhow, I started off 
I didn't even think it was like DJ. It was like it was, it was like a genuine artist just like setting Pokemon like thick Pokemon. So like every Pokemon would have like really thick ass, <laughs> mainly ass. And uh, yeah, that, that was my first NFT. <laughs> and and then the rest is history. It's amazing how a lot of us, most of us, have had like bad experiences, and we're still here. You know, we're like the true freaking pioneers. We're like the true. Uh, maybe we're the true idiots. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, so guys, you know, Wacky has pinned the question on top. And if you guys would like to reply to it, man, because, you know, everybody's answer today is pretty different because it's depending on the timeline that we enter the space, right? So I would love to hear all of, you know, your answers to this question. Let me read out some. We have Iwi, um, our fellow from the French La- Lados, um, you know, Alien Secret Society, Nice Rock. Uh, crypto phoenix say party polar bears lols uh and then white wolf say i believe it was the last supper uh collection nft so pretty i'm pretty sure a lot of people's calling rocks but hey man that's how we learn right wacky that's how we like it that is exactly how we like it we want more (laughs) all right let's head on straight to the gm news Wacky, take it away. Oh, yeah. I actually literally don't have any, any any intro today. So he is there. He's going to give us the number. Here's the TradFi update. GW, over to you. Thank you, Wacky, GM, GM. Um, yeah, so I'm here to give the TradFi update. Uh, today is the 7th of March, 2023. It is a, a Tuesday. So global macro events still affect crypto prices. So here's a short summary to help you make better crypto Decisions. Okay, so over to the US. S&P 500 is flat. NASDAQ down slightly, down 0.1%. Major tech stocks down 0.3%. Over to Europe, FTSE 100 up 0.3%. Um, to Asia, Hong Kong is up 0.3%. Japan up 0.2%. Singapore also up 0.2%. Korea is flat. Um, and then China is down 1.1%. Okay, so keynotes for uh, the US, um, um, Meta, which is uh, Facebook's parent company, share price is up 1% in pre-market trading after headlines announcing they will fire thousands of staff. Okay, and reason for China's um, index performance China's gloomy outlook since in 2022, they had a target of 5.5% growth. Um, They only achieved 3% growth. Um, And then as we mentioned yesterday, um, they announced a target of 5% growth for 2023. Um, January and February exports and import numbers have dropped, so it's not looking good so far. Um, that is the update for today. Over to Mapes. He knows art. He's our art expert. Mabe knows. Thanks, Wacky. Thanks, G to my M. Now, this is Mabe knows NFTs. Uh, Co Digital, LAC's lead designer, his free mint raffle has started. OL's toll pass applications concluded at 27,000 applications and to release on the 19th of March. Yuga Labs 12 volt auction concludes with 735 BTC, uh, equates to $16.5 million in total sales. Amazon NFT platform coming 24th of April. 
Everright reveals new law expecting season two. Uh, Stevie Williams uh, reveals his bridging initiative, Scapes. Mimland explains dashboard timer for latest weekly raffle. Bobo Bean Farmer announces committee member roster. Lastly, Ryan Carson talks AI on LinkedIn. <laughs> Back to you, Pew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, maybe you sneaky bastard. You just try to put it in at the last minute, right? Oh man. All right, like all right, I... Mackie, all right. So, so you guys we, started we with to... like FR, like for real, like for real, Ryan Carson speaking. On <laughs> okay, 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 guys, guys, guys. You know we have to deep dive into this because, man, Wacky, how did you realize? Like, all right, guys. So it was Wacky, the one that found out about it. So Wacky, tell me about it. Like, what's the story behind this? So I I had started the the IRL meetup in in London uh, for for the Daily Dose, and within that group that uh, that I have there with the boys, one of the guys seems to be obviously very on point and 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 send that in the group. So he's the one that found it. Obviously, I'm not not, not sure whether he's following Ryan or not. But uh, yeah, the comments the comments are interesting. I have to say, you've got so many people that are like you know you didn't have time for you know you didn't have time to do Daily Dose in Web three, but you have time to talk about AI on LinkedIn. So you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag bags of feelings about what Ryan is doing. Then you have a lot of people that are also saying, you got to respect the man's ethics. I mean, you know, he's just keeps going and he keeps on producing content no matter what happens. So, hey, yeah, that's how I figured it out. It's just one of the guys from the London group there. But like, you know what they say, builders got to build, right? Like, so if that's he's it. not building in Web3, I mean, LinkedIn, he's building, he's still building. So maybe that's it. Um, Karmic, you got your uh, hands up. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, we are laughing, but uh, in two or three years, when he will sell his Bitcoin punks for an investment fund and have like uh, four billion for uh, his investor, we will laugh less. So <laughs> we probably will. And I actually saw a note that uh, I think it was Leonidas that I saw this, who was saying that from the moment he bought those Bitcoin punks, or yeah, it was the Bitcoin punks, they are up four point four point four x. So you know, so far it wasn't such a bad investment. I mean, when you're that early and you have so few, then obviously the price can go up. But hey, anyway, this is uh yeah, this is the latest news. Uh, what did you talk about, Maeve? You talked about oh yeah, ordinance. Wait, wait, oh yeah, hold no. on, hold on. Yeah. No, 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 wacky, wacky. Don't don't talk about ordinance before that because I'm mad for more in terms of looking to the news. You yesterday on live in the space, you purchased something and then this Friday, you're going to get snapshot and get your first ordinals. So come on, bro. Like before that, let's talk a little bit of a, a project in Polygon, right? So that day, you know, I was just scrolling on Twitter and I saw Daniel, one of our hosts, you know, he he got this uh, basically an invitation to this thing called Magic Batch. And I, it was totally off my radar. I didn't even see anything about it. So I just click on it and I'm trying to dig down, listen to the live spaces and stuff like that. And hey man, like it's pretty interesting because like they are basically 420 pieces, 0.1 min price. It's also in the ethos of we talk about small communities that you know later we're gonna deep dive into right so basically 420 right now i think it's like over 100 plus minted i submit my application and obviously the mint started and i i I didn't get any notification right so as usual i'm a little bit salty so i'm i've been checking around and see you know who minted it and stuff like that but hey man like um so basically uh it's a project kind of like an incubator a project that it's on polygon they want to connect it's a little bit like you know like mvp like keongs so whereby you know they have like builders they have supporters 
um, they just want to connect builders and builders in the space, but specifically to build up Polygon. And even in their first space, they also have like the CEO of Polygon in inside uh, Magic Batch, kind of like, you know, shielding the project, talking about the project. So, I mean, I don't own any Polygon NFTs. I'm just taking a look at it right now. Um, it's 133 minted. Um, full price is sitting at 6.9. But I don't think that that is actually the real floor price because the last activity was kind of like purchased 17 hours ago. Only one purchase at the highest price of 4 ETH. So I'm not too sure like um, is this like the minting has paused or are they still reviewing the applications and stuff like that. But the total supply is 420. Right now it's only 133. But it's uh, interesting to see like, you know, doing this kind of like small communities kind of thing because hey man like i've not been deep dive into polygon and the last few times that we talk about polygon it's all about like web 2 companies coming to the space right we have disney we have starbucks so magic batch um you know i saw a lot of people kind of like minted it but it's only like those high i mean i, I wouldn't say high ranking but you know people that are famous in the space so we have like nine gag ceo minting it so i'm not too sure about this have you guys heard anything about this man so, so I've actually looked a little bit into it. So first things first, don't be salty because they haven't minted all of four, 420 uh, NFTs yet, right? So the applications are still open and they're still reviewing who they are accepting. So you can still, you could still potentially get in. But I looked into this, right? And I don't know how I feel about it. Basically, it seems to me like it's just another rich boys club because when you go through the application, the first thing that they ask you is like, which community are you part of? Ported Yacht Club, Mutant Navy Yacht Club, Clonex, Azuki, all the big NFT collections. And if you're not from there, it's like other, right? So I, it feels to me like it's a little bit of another gimmick of like recreating a really extremely exclusive type of club where they're going to go again and work together. And it's probably going to be, yeah, sure, to build something on Polygon. But so I don't know how I feel about this, to be perfectly frank with you. Um, I don't know if we should be like all that fomoing into it um because very likely we're not gonna get in it's for most average people we're just not gonna get in <laughs> that's why i told you wacky you should get a punk and then when you, you should, sorry you should get an ape right and then once you fill up the forms like i'm ape that's it then the rest of the application <laughs> you just leave it dash you're probably gonna get it yeah math all right let's move on for magic batch I, i'm not i'm not impressed by what they're <laughs> all right doing, all right honest. all right you did did you mint it your more covers your more colors? i have so i so oh, I can talk man, to you all about making moves. <laughs> so I can talk to you all about the Mochaverse because let me tell you, it was the mint was starting at 10 p.m. my time, and I figured, I figured I was like, okay, you, when you start minting at the very beginning, yes, you pay a little bit of extra gas, but it's like, okay, it's done, it's over. I don't have to wait for hours. I don't have to stay up until the middle of the night. Let's just roll with it. So unfortunately, obviously, everyone was thinking the same thing, and the site was super slow the minting was almost impossible for most people. So they, they had a little bit, they had a hiccup, right? They, they had a hiccup. And if, if you see uh, through the, the latest tweet that they have, the original time frame for people that had the allow list, which didn't require any further sort of uh, update from them or any involvement from them, was supposed to be four hours. They've extended that period to 24 hours. So there is, I'm a huge fan of Mocha, uh, Animoca. I do have to say, I really like the way they are you know, positioning themselves, trying to do it, uh, stuff that they're trying to do in this space. And 
even though this happened, by the way, you can look at the floor price. I mean, people are still very, very bullish on, on Animoca and the Mochaverse. But it does go to show that it is not that simple to create somehow a successful minting experience. I mean, when a multi-billion dollar company like Animoca isn't able to create a smooth minting experience, I, I do have to say it does give respect and, and props to all the other projects that have been able to do this because very clearly it's not an easy process. So uh, it's going. I think I clicked on it just earlier and just to give you guys an update. So they had not over allocated uh, any of their NFTs. So they have literally a 0% over allocation. They allocated exactly the amount that they said, if 100% of the people we gave this to um, mint, then it will be uh, it will be sold within the first four hours, which are now 24 hours. And up until now, 6,567 mochas have been minted. So there's still a bit of a uh, little bit of time left. There's seven hours left until the the first 24 hours. But again, that goes to show very very many people are bullish on on mochaverse, and regardless of that poor minting experience, people are still going with it. So uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. Oh, and by the way, it took me four and a half hours to mint my mocha. <laughs> so what now once review you're gonna change your pfp bro well so so actually i've been meaning to talk to you about this what do you guys think is going to happen with with the floor price because i do not anticipate that the art is going to be to most people's liking right <laughs> i think that people are going to be like yo what the fuck is this but but this is not the point of the mochaverse nfts so i i wonder what's going to happen to the floor price it'll be very interesting to see what happens yeah, true. But even when you talk about this, like today we have Momoguru uh, review, right? Like the art is okay, but then they release a kind of like a game trailer and people's like, hey, come on, this is not even a game. This is just like a menu. Um, you know, the floor price is crashing. I think the last I checked was like the highest was 0 0.8. Now it's 0 0.3. So, hey man, like even if you do the best of the things, um, you deliver everything that you promise, somehow, you know, when they have high expectation and you can't make it, you know, fight will come. The fight warriors suddenly, you know, the, the, those those person that, you know, have been, you know what, I'm always here. I'm going to support the project no matter what, you know, I'm all about it. Uh, even my bio, I changed into the Momoguru handle, right? And then I put everything. The my banner is Momoguru, and the first thing that when this kind of shit happens, it's like ah shit. You know what? I'm gonna fight it to the ground. Like I don't know, man. <laughs> but looking at you know, looking at the things that they are building, um, you know, in terms of like how they are communicating, it's pretty okay, I would say, because they are active, like especially on Twitter, you know, with the spaces, with the update, with a detailed thread, or you know, what's happening, what's the issue that they face so far everything is being up to date and i realized like the first thing that you know um in in this space people like to be informed they don't like to be in the dark so yes, as long as the 100%. project you know is informing and it's clear you know a clear route or a clear path that hey this is a problem this is how we're going to solve it and we are going to do it then it's it's okay right but if, if it's like for example you know people fight it and then they are like zero response and then that's where, you know, it's just going to escalate. It's just going to snowball into a bigger thing, man. All right. Okay. All right. So, you know, when you started your comments, I was about to floor my mochas. But then as you sort of, you know, talked about communication and they're doing something good, maybe I'm going to hold them. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, bro. Just because of this space, trust me, if, if the floor price goes down, you are going to give me shit. That's it. <laughs>
1.68 the floor on the mockers right now and momoguru was 0.32 as we speak well that was that's open sea obviously no one uses open sea anymore so i should be check- checking those. uh okay <laughs> all right right <laughs> audience bro audience let's it all right let, let's oh, go into speakers shit, like benye how are you you know right now handling ordinals because i have to say i fathered it uh you know beginning of the spaces um wacky is all about it mave you know i don't know he's he's just buying art one one's art so how about you buddy so i am not involved in ordinals i think i was very uh speculative as well initially and i did not understand how they didn't have a marketplace so the fact that there weren't marketplaces to transact the NFTs was the leading reason why I didn't get involved, even though like it was weeks ago where people were first talking about it, right? And I think the fact that the ordinal NFTs have actually progressed and the technology's improved this fast is a testament to that it's not going away. Um, and I mean, Yuga, they just, they just launched their NFTs, their ordinal NFTs, right? So I think it's way bigger than we expect. I think we should all probably pay a little bit closer attention, um, not necessarily FOMO in, but uh, do some extra research. And maybe if you know anyone that is involved in ordinals, like try and get on a call with them. Uh, that's what that's what I'm going to do, because I know a couple of people in the Bitcoin and Stacks community and they're involved in ordinals. They're having a lot of fun um, and they love to honestly share the ecosystem with ETH and Polygon Solana people. Well, Benye, as it happens, you don't even need to do this because we have our own in-house expert that is repping his ordinal egg right here in GW. And GW, you know what I'm going to ask you. Did you get your ordinal back? It's supposed to be today, bro. It's supposed to be today. Yeah. I, th- I, think, it I think you know the answer. And the answer is no. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> so what, I, was, what I, was asking, I was asking bro, some people which... Bro, um, you, you, told, you told us that you told us that tomorrow uh, you're going to get it today, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I set aside some time to sort out the wallet stuff. And then I was asking a few people, you know, which one's the best wallet to get. Um, and it's not, it's not as I expected. I thought, I thought there were one or two wallets that had the full functionality already. Um, it seems like there's only one that can do the, both, um, both uh, receive and send. Um, and then marketplaces, I thought it would be all, um, you know, between all wallets, you could you could trade. But it seems like the trading is more between wallets of the same uh, same type. Um, so there's no sort of complete marketplace across all wallets yet, unless you have a proper, you know, uh, unless you've set up the full. Uh, taproot and node properly which i'm not going to be able to do because uh, i think it's more for advanced users and that you need a dedicated machine as well um so jidab jidab sorry i have to cut you off so the, the short answer is you're just gonna let them keep it for you right for now for now <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh, we knew this was happening, man. We knew this was happening. Look, hey guys, I know I know a great Japanese artist that is about to airdrop you an ordinal. Just check out the comments. His name is Mara Takeru. I bought one yesterday. I'm gonna get my ordinal being airdropped now. I do need to figure out uh, a Bitcoin wallet, and I, I think Meta. I think I sorted something out with MetaMask. There's Leonidas that sent something. I should pin it uh, at some point, but I, I think I'm good to go. 
you, you sure, bro? Don't don't no, later like you know next Monday. You say, hey man, like they airdrop something, but it's not showing in my wallet. My auditors yeah. are gone, <laughs> and I'm like, bro, know, I'm that's bad. why I said you know you should stay on my boat and Benye's boat. That's it, right? But all right, so a little <laughs> okay. bit more. So update. let's talk about twelve fold. Uh, yeah. But wait, let's talk about twelve fold, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, ahead. No, no, go 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 go. All right, so Truffle Auction just concluded and a, a whooping total of seven seven hundred and thirty five BTC, man, in twenty four hours. So it's about sixteen million uh, five hundred, and uh, with the highest bidders paying around hundred and sixty one k. So hey, man, like this, you know, it's it's uh Truffle actually tweeted it basically like it's t- in terms of like Yuga killing it the audience market this is like crazy the top bid guy you know he bid it for 7.1 uh, BTC and the number 10 bid it for 3.5 BTC so hey man like you know even you say that this is not you know it's it's difficult and stuff like that but people are seeing value in it and man like as much as I don't like in terms of like the de- the technicalities and stuff like that I mean this is something that we have to to, to look into and uh, you know Kamik said you know he is getting more Orinus project you know up here so I'm I'm actually excited I'm gonna change my boat now I'm hopping over to your boat Wacky uh, give Uh-oh. me a space I'm coming over I'm gonna kill the Orinus market I'm, I'm gonna be the Orinus guy that's it uh oh I've got a little I've got a little seat now on my barge right here we're going we're swimming in Ordinals baby we're coming we're coming hey you know it's uh <laughs> Just be careful. So, okay. So, what do we think? I was on a space yesterday, and they were talking about this. And because what's his name? Uh, Casey. Casey Rodemore, who is the inventor. Uh, well, let's call it the inventor. The guy who coded that new technology that allows to inscribe uh, Sats and to then, as a result, c- create Bitcoin ordinals. Um, some people were saying he he basically uh, not faded but faded a little bit. Yuga complaining or telling them that they are sort of pushing this way too early in the process because the technology isn't really ready. Just like Benny was saying, and in terms of marketplace, you don't have a comprehensive marketplace that allows people to really trade them or to have a good comprehensive understanding of all of this. And you have quite a few people that are saying, this is just a cash grab and they're, you know, really, they're just trying to make more money, right? And, and I got to say, I don't know what you guys think about the actual art, but personally, I'm not a big fan. But obviously, it's it's very successful because it's Yuga, right? So, what do you guys think about? Oh, hands, hands. We've got opinions here. Um, what do you guys think about this latest move by Yuga? Obviously, it's been successful from a money perspective, but just because of their name, right? Um, let's start with G Dub because you are our ordinal expert, and then we'll go over to Karmic. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think I can handle that title, or else I'd have a, a node all set up. Um, then I'll just take it. Just take all right, it. All right. Uh, so I mean, I I read somewhere where because um, you know how the the twelve fold is sort of a grid like artwork. I've read somewhere that um, someone was speculating the and then and then um, sorry, this is just a running train of thought. Do you remember when you? Uh, I think maybe two weeks ago you were sharing something where. Um, the f- some like four megabyte Bitcoin uh, JPEG uh, took up the whole block space, and then it was side by side comparison to one with all the little blocks. I heard somewhere yes. that the final artwork of the twelve fold will actually sort of match the block space usage as well. And and if they're doing that, that would be very very cool. 
I mean, look, I will again, whether we like Yuga or not, they are continuously providing they, they're not they, whenever they do things, it's never just uh, a one step process. So far, everything that they've been doing, they've they've built on. They've always added things to it. They've always added like Easter eggs, you know, shout out to you. you know. um, they've always, you know, created something extra to it. So on this note, having said this, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there is maybe something else coming with it. Now, it would be really funny if there is nothing that comes with it and if those people have spent all this money on it. But I mean, look, it's a Yuga asset. So by definition, it's probably going to go up and those people are probably going to make money. Um, Karmic, you had your hand raised. What, what are your thoughts on that? My initial thought is you guys not very legitimate regarding art. Maybe art blocks or something like that could have like done what Sugar did. Uh, so mostly uh, I am kind of skeptical about this initiative, especially, and I don't know if it's related uh, since they delayed uh, their summoning. I don't know if the teams are related, but to me, uh, I was seeing it as an, opportunity like a pure like predatory opportunity to make money but on the other hand um my second thought is that if they can gamify it for instance if you've got your 12 fold you can set it up as your maybe your sky in your other side land uh, and then you can like make like ape coin like rain from uh, the sky uh, they will find <laughs> something for sure but interesting but to me, like, the art is not my cup of tea. And, um, and I'm curious to see whether or not uh, art blocks will react uh, through, like, uh, because we were talking with the, that topic with the artist yesterday. Like, it's imitable and sincerable. So we'll see. But because there has been already some artists that are wanted to, willing to put their art on Ordinal. So really, I'm willing to see what, like, the actual, like, artist collective are going to do with Ordinals. Yeah, I, I got to say, just a quick note on art there. As we're moving into the world of generative art and AI art and all this, for me, I will, I don't want to say never, but I, I value hand-drawn art so much higher than AI art. And to a certain extent, to a large extent, I think a lot of the artists that are indeed really gifted with their hands and that are able to draw, I mean, look at, you know, again, look at Asian art, the calligraphy, the way it's designed. It's, it's just so beautiful. And I think that you, the human eye will always appreciate this more than, than uh, AI-generated art. But, but who knows? Right? And I, I do potentially think that there is – I can see a world where the hand-drawn art, at some point, people are going to realize and be like, wait a second. This is so much more valuable than AI-generated art. So I'm hoping that we actually go in that direction and that those type of artists – really have a rise in the future i digress <laughs> wait wait so the truffle it's a ai generated art bro i mean it looks like it <laughs> <laughs> i mean but, bro okay, it's well, certainly not handmade say, or hand-drawn right? yeah, yeah true, it's a bunch true, of balls true, right? it's a bunch of balls on the square but, but the thing is this like somebody posted and, and asked about like hey so is this like what's the utility behind it and somebody you know they screenshot that the whole text uh and say you know basically they you guys say that this is an art project there's no utility tied behind it but we know like you know they are a big 
company in the space, one of the yeah. biggest, and we know like you know, hey, they, I mean, they they're gonna do tons of stuff, right? So I believe like the people that are involved for actually purchase it, kind of like trust in the ecosystem of Yuga Labs, you know, in terms of their vision, and I mean, they are like one of the biggest because of a certain reason, right? In terms of how they build, how they think, how they sure. innovate. So. I mean, this is just one step ahead. Like initially, when it comes up with like, for example, the ordinal punk, for me it seems like super dodgy, right? But when you know you see big players coming to it, even Leonardo's, um, you know, his space talking about ordinals and stuff like that, man, like I, I think it was Nifty, right? Nifty literally sent it to in the group, and he said, you know what? You just listen it to the first thirty minutes, and after that, that's why I'm bullish right now. All right enough of the you know new nft news update today i'm pretty excited because man like we have been talking about you know close community we have been talking about you know the number the 333 the magic number that that is you know appearing on the space and those communities are doing amazing stuff right and so last but not least let us introduce ben for the team of sick um how are you doing? But first off, I have to ask you this one personal question, bro. Because today you posted and you basically, you know, you take a shit on me because you said, hey man, are you guys, how do you, how are you guys washing your fruits and your veggies, Saber? And if you are not using a washer... <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, and if you're not using a washer, you have to go get one. So bro, tell me why should I get one? Convince me on space, man. Well... I first asked this question because I was wa- I was washing fruit, obviously. Like I, that kind of question just doesn't come out of nowhere, right? So I was I was washing some fruit uh, for my family to eat, and um, you know the produce that we buy sometimes it's organic, sometimes it's not. We have a lot of different options in the U.S., but you know I don't know exactly where all the fruit comes from, but I know that um, I use vegetable and fruit wash because every single time. I wash the fruit, like the water is so dirty and there's always like bugs or something like that coming out. Um, And, you know, just simply washing the fruit with tap water or the water that comes out of the faucet is is not enough. Um, So that's the reason why I asked that question. I got some really interesting responses that I wasn't expecting, but like a lot of people just told me like, oh, I live in Europe, like the water here, we don't have an issue with polluted water. So we just we just wash it with the with the water out of the faucet, and I was like, "Dang, yeah." Bro. All right, Let, let's bro, check you, it back. bro, you. bro, um, you, American you. American fruits and veggies, man. You want to wash that stuff? You know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's a complete it's a complete different world. They're not Asian fruits and veggies. They're probably highest quality. Then you have, probably have the European fruit, and then you've got the American fruits and veggies. You want to wash that stuff? It's full of chemicals, man. So yes, yeah, stick to the organic stuff, Ben. Yeah, stick to the organic stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you buy the organic fruit, and you'll have like nice little worms and ladybugs and in your fruit. So, but that's okay. Yeah, extra protein. That's okay. Exactly. You can exactly. you can eat the bugs. You can eat the bugs. It's full of proteins. That's right. That's it. It gets us used <laughs> to when we're gonna all eat insects because it's coming, guys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right, all right. Let's deep dive into the project, guys. Come on. <laughs> that, that went downhill real fast. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm, I'm okay. So tell us actually tell us a little bit about back, background about yourself. I'm always fascinated to hear people's background. Are you a Web three baby, or did you have a previous Web two life before? And and if so, what was it? Yeah, so um, I had a previous Web2 life before I actually, um, well, while I was in university, I was in uh, some entrepreneurship organizations, studied economics and statistics, 
And um, that kind of experience really propelled me towards this Web3 field, I'd say. But in between graduating university and actually coming into Web3 in 2021, um, I had worked for a consulting firm for a few years and did some something called uh, international tax consulting and uh, transfer pricing. And I wasn't the biggest fan of it, and it was actually pretty boring to me. So I quit my job in 2021. I started to pursue a career in full-stack web development. And while I was also learning web development and software engineering, I also found Web3 through a couple friends and mentors. Uh, but, I, you know, I'd always, I'd always been interested in crypto, but I was actually a huge uh, opponent of it, I'd say, throughout university and before 2021. But it wasn't until I kind of, you know, learned about these projects like Artifact and uh, obviously, the sevens was my first experience. It wasn't a good one, but a lot of these NFTs they they seemed very relatable to me, and I really liked the whole collectability aspect. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like my experience, you know. And and then uh, we created Seek last summer, so uh, July 2022, we created Seek. Seek is an actual company registered in the United States. Uh, we're building this innovative alpha community and uh, we have a lot of fun we have a lot of fun in there but we also have as you can see there's this anime styled art and this pfp that we have too so we do things a little bit differently than most alpha communities we're focusing on this creativity the art design things like that and uh, we want to build something that's greater than just a web3 alpha community in the end we're hoping to build this creative brand that can transcend into the web2 space Okay, great. So I, we want to hear more about all of this, obviously, because I think getting into a good alpha community is literally everybody's wet dream um, if they're planning on making money in Web3. So really keen to hear your views on what you are trying to build. Now, about your resentment for crypto, that is your international tax law programming. <laughs> they had they drilled this into you that it's wrong, that you don't want it, that you should be against it. So I totally understand what you're saying. But I'm glad you came on the other side of the fence. <laughs> you know, this is this is cool. Now I do have to say, uh, big clap to you from going to international tax law to uh, what a full tax full stack programmer. That right? That's, yeah. Did I get this right? Yeah. Um, that's that's impressive, man. That's really cool. That's a really cool, drastic change. Yeah. And you didn't have any programming experience before. I had a little bit of programming experience using some, like I did. I learned forecasting and things like that while I was in university. Um, very basic, kind of like HTML, but I don't consider that programming, right? Um, and and I want to yeah, I want to yeah. say like I kind of am that rebel in the machine or whatever you want to call it, that rebel in society, because I saw everything that was done at, at a lot of these accounting firms, and I just didn't like the fact that everything was so systematic and processed. And uh, you know, I wanted to be able to express my creativity more. And ultimately, that's the one thing that I learned through Web three, being in this founder position. Obviously, you do have to take risks and. You know, the more that you your ideas are put out into the space, the more people those that those network effects happen, and the more people see those ideas, the more people like them. But also, the more people don't like your ideas and disagree with you too. So, you know, that's been okay. one thing I, that I've been learning, especially as Seek's been growing over the past few months now. Uh, but you know, being able to express creativity in in various different medium mediums and like pursuing a career like full stack web development where I can build interactive experiences and websites in a digital medium has been uh, extremely uh, expressive, I want to say, for me. It's been it given me a lot of freedom in that realm rather than, you know, sitting in a, in a cubicle doing accounting work all day. 
Okay, puke. One quick one. Okay, you know he, he's good. He convinced <laughs> us. He can stay on stage. He just proved himself that he's one of the cool accountants. You know, it's it's okay. We can keep him. He's you know good stuff. <laughs> because just a quick story. I actually when um, because I I transferred over to the states for college for the last two years, yeah. and I was initially an accounting major, and I was like bro, I can't do this. This is like literally one of the most boring thing I can ever think of. So I'm glad, I'm glad you and I are on the same page. I ended up doing finance and I was also like, oh my God, I'm so bored. This is so uninteresting. Yeah. But you know, everybody their own. So uh, I'm glad you and I are very much on the same page there. Okay, Pupe, over to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love to hear, you know, background story because it, it kind of like, you know, give a little bit story into, you know, how you actually came into the space and it kind of like affect um, you know, why you are building something, right? Like, so just just a little bit of background, um, you know, since Wacky share, I'm a little bit FOMO to share mine as well. <laughs> so I, I'm my background tell is like us, more, more towards like uh, e-commerce. And for me, like, for example, like being able to build like, you know, media companies, for example, you know, e-commerce use a lot of like Facebook. And why Facebook is so great because, you know, Facebook ads, uh, media, you have data of people and stuff like that. So, you know, when I come into the Web3 space, I'm thinking, you know, what will be like, you know, information, data. So that's why, you know, me and Wacky, we are grueling in terms of doing, you know, Twitter spaces every day, Monday to Friday. So for you, the question is this, right? Like, so now you come into the space, you know, with your period background, what makes or what motivates you to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to build another alpha uh, community i'm gonna build this one different with my own vision what was the motivation behind to say like hey you know what let me not just be a you know player trading um you know, nfts but i'm actually want to change into becoming a builder yeah you know so it, it all ties back to my previous experience so you know what coming into web3 i didn't come here for the trading right i came here because my friends said like, oh, look at this really cool art. And like, you can just so happen to flip this for insane amount of money. You know, ETH was really high at the time. The market has changed so much since 2021. And I feel like, you know, Bro, when I... I hate those friends. They screwed us. They, <laughs> oh, literally, I've got, they all screwed us, all those friends. Yeah, but, you know, it's like if, if I... You had mentioned this in the beginning, right? Are we actually smarter? Or are we the dumber ones? But it's like, once you get onto the builder side of things the producer side of things obviously there's a way less producers in the space than there are consumers but i will say once you get on this side you you gain a totally new perspective and for me it was i had this alpha experience you know coming through web3 i start i didn't start off with this idea that i was just going to trade everything i actually just wanted to collect stuff but then when i started to learn and see that oh wow you can actually instantly flip these nfts if you get this whitelist you can flip it instantly for profit and you that is that profit is yours right uh being able to see that happen live especially when you know i minted my azuki and then things started to really pop off in early 2022 at that moment i was like yo i should start to learn how to trade these nfts now and you know I started to uh, get more involved in communities, but I wanted to have that kind of leadership position. And I saw like alpha calling was something that maybe I could try. Um, I got a lot of alpha calling experience and uh, some, some projects, you know, brought me on their team and everything like that throughout last year. But overall, I, I saw these models that a lot of these projects were implementing uh, and I saw them as very much hierarchical. And, and this is like a very typical thing you'll see in a lot of alpha servers. You'll see, one caller has their own channel, right? That's kind of the standard. And um, a, lot, a lot of how I saw that was, well, this information is actually coming from a very centralized model. It's not 
decentralized? What is the opposite of having one caller have their own channel? What, what about if you just have one channel that's focused on a certain type of alpha? So you're reinforcing this educational aspect of trading and instead have just multiple, not, let's not even call them callers. Let's just have multiple people just sharing alpha within that single channel related to that type of alpha. And it, it comes off as something that's a lot more collaborative and communicative or community-based. And that's basically what the foundation was for creating Seek last summer was, you know, my friends and I, we got, we got together and we said, yo, you know, we, we worked for this one alpha community. It disbanded because that's what happens with a lot of alpha communities, right? They just die. Um, how can we create one that's more sustainable, more community-based? And ultimately, we've had this network and this, these people that we've met over the past year. Why don't we grow this network together, combine each of our individual networks to create this conglomerate hybrid of network and then create this really tight knit, you know, 333 supply NFT project um, where, you know, it's the focus and the bridge of communication between between members is alpha. And we've realized that up to this point, a big reason why certain communities last against just the traditional projects is because they have some kind of alpha or some kind of reason to that people continue to come back to the space. And up to this point, I think a majority of people are here right now still because of trading and because of things like alpha. Okay, so I really like, obviously, what you're saying and your vision and how you're approaching it. Um, I've got one question for you, however, then, because it sounds like in order to be part of the group, you do have to be able to contribute some alpha. Sure. Is that where the initial sort of genesis is for now? And then you're going to be looking to expand it afterwards? Yeah. Or how are you thinking about it? Because look, from everybody's got different different ways of, of operating in Web3. Right? Some people just literally don't have the time to go and scavenger the whole of Twitter to figure out the next big project. Definitely. But they still want to be part, as you say, of an alpha community Definitely. and contribute to it. So how are you approaching that dynamic yeah that's a great question and i think it ties into this concept of scalability and sustainability right how do you scale an alpha community that is only 333 members you know how do you grow that into something or allow it the community to be able to grow in a, an organization or whatever a, a project from something like 333 why not just do something larger that way more people can get involved and i think you know when we first created seek we actually started as a closed Discord community, and we operated as a closed Discord community through from October through year end through December. And if you go to the uh, the Seek page right now and see the pinned tweet, we sent that tweet on January first, which was our animation. Got a lot of views, a lot of engagement, but no one had previously known about that, right? So we didn't reveal anything about a PFP collection, nothing about anime, the animation, nothing about anime styled art. We were just purely this alpha community that just had this really cool focus on design. And we really loved that, you know, not a lot of alpha communities were innovating with design or experimenting with creativity. The focus was just on profits and right alpha and things like that. But, you know, what we have seen, even the communities, I've been part of them personally because I work for them. Even the alpha communities that were the best and, you know, had the best callers and the best profit margins, whatever even those have fell down, right? So how do, how do we answer that and, and provide a remedy for that, for that problem? And ultimately, it was this concept of sustainability, right? Being scalable and starting as a closed Discord community, focusing on that OG core community, but then 
January 1st, tweet the animation, there's eyes on us now, right? We went from like a thousand to two thousand followers before year end to you know now 11k followers purely organic um and a lot of that was based off the idea that we knew when we would tweet this animation we get more eyes on us when we start to share that we are a pfp project we get more eyes on us and by doing that we also had this this period in in january when we knew this is when we'd have the most amount of attention we had this application open, right? So this application was like for 100 whitelist spots, you know, 333 supply, 100 whitelist spots is a good amount. Um, we had that open for like two, three weeks, right? And basically, if you had were not in the community before, but now you see it because the animation and the people are sharing the project in alpha groups, right? This is your opportunity to get involved in this community and, and see what we've been building for the past six months, right? So that's how we've been implementing the scalability process because we do want to grow the community. Um, but ultimately, yes, for members to get involved in the community, it's, it's just about participating in the ecosystem. You know, we have just this one main chat area. We don't have anything like a community calls channel or anything like that. It's just one chat, super modular, simple, minimal Discord design. And ultimately, we feel like having that minimal design will translate into our brand and people can basically see like, okay, when I come into Seek, at least there can be someone that I can talk to about something. If not, I can get information very easily. And I hopefully, you know, I see that the Seek Alpha is implementing this decentralized model where the alpha callers are collaborating with their alpha. It's not just one caller with their own channel. Hopefully, they will be encouraged to do the same in the chat area. So... That's kind of a summary yep. of what we're doing, what we're yeah, building. Yeah. And 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 I and I love it because like you basically deep dive into like the question that I wanted to ask, uh, which is like you have this thing called the decentralized alpha model, right? But you explain it uh, absolutely absolutely correct because in in terms of you know the Web three market right now, it's not just one person, you know determine what is an alpha and what is not it's a collective of people coming together to like you know kind of like brainstorm and say hey i think this is something that will worth being an alpha and because of that you get basically validations you get approval from a group of people and that is that's going to determine the true value of hey this alpha project or this alpha you know group has better alpha compared to other groups, right? So the, the main question is this, like we've seen, you know, you build basically in terms of like during the bear market and right now, like, you know, things are picking up um, from December up to now, which is March, right? So do you see in terms of because of like, you know, for example, like, you know, projects are minting out, uh, you know, there are more and more, like for example, Web2 projects that's coming in, does this affect, um, the alphas that you guys get um, or is this kind of like you know strengthening of kind of like you know giving more you know uh, solutions to people and saying hey this is a community that I want to join because you know what market is good you guys are getting even better alpha how does it all you know affect the project yeah in, a, in, in your standpoint yeah uh, that is a great question and you know when the market keep it simple like when the market does well the alpha groups do well at least the ones that are still around, right? And it's literally a war of attrition. It's like, if you can stick around and just continue to push out content, which a lot of alpha groups, they have no way of being able to push out content unless they're having success, right? So if their community is winning and they have proof to show those winnings, sometimes 
if they need to do their, if they even focus on branding and marketing or anything like that to be able to grow their community and their reach, they have to be able to push out content, show like, oh yeah, look, we had this play and this kind of success, blah, blah, blah. Market's doing well. Everyone's feeling euphoric, blah, blah, blah. But that's kind of the whole difference for Seek. We saw that a lot of alpha communities were not focusing on this. They weren't focusing on branding and marketing and trying to actually grow their community. There's a few out there that do, right? And we took kind of their models and used it as inspiration for Seek, but we're obviously trying to do things differently. Like the vision for us is so much greater than Web3. But, you know, when we were building in the peak of the bear, we created Seek in July. Company was registered in August. And then, excuse me, and then, you know, we actually wanted to launch in November. We had pretty much everything ready to go. We wanted to launch in November, but the market was so bad in October through, through uh, December. It was so bad. There was like nothing trading. You know, there was nothing to really share. Um, and we were operating in a, in a closed Discord community. So things were like, you know, still going pretty well for us. And it was, mo- it was mostly just, you know, how do we continue to push out content and innovate in the creative space, which we wanted to do. And that's why we we're like, well, we can put out really cool designs. We can create really cool videos with whatever content we have. We obviously didn't have this like PFP or anything like that because we wanted to we want we wanted to obviously save that idea for later when we came up with it. But you know, we we actually use the time. It's really interesting. We use the time where the market was really bad last year to say, okay, what are we going to do if we're going to do this mint? What are we going to do to maximize the probability that we have a successful mint, especially in a bear market? And we use the, the, t- the down period of time to actually start to create the PFP collection, right? And that took like a long time. So uh, hopefully that kind of answers your question. When the market does well, like with the blur airdrop, we do well too. It goes hand in hand, but <laughs> like, you know, like you just got, yep. you got to stick around, you know, and and the people that stick around and continue to kind of build and take care of their community, those are the people that win. Yeah, because when we look at tons of like, for example, alpha communities, right? It's always going to be, you know, they just launch a pass and then everything that goes within the Discord is all going to be, you know, just alpha, alpha, alpha. But I saw that you guys are taking a little bit different in, in terms of approach alpha community with pfp and you know you doing for example like i don't see any alpha communities doing doing like coloring contests right like that is totally not the vision that they are going for but in terms of the way that you guys are building so i have to say like you know maybe having the bear market uh the bear market is good for you guys you guys kind of like tweak the whole the whole mission the whole way that kind of like gives you a little bit more extra room to operate in terms of not just an alpha but with pfp with people liking the art and i have to say like you know me and wacky we are sucker for anime content anime design so i'm absolutely loving it yeah (laughs) wacky to you buddy (laughs) i know you have you you are you are ready to fire man that's it (laughs) okay so i've i've got questions actually Mm -hmm. in terms of uh you're saying a lot of alpha alpha groups didn't uh, di- didn't survive, right? So how are you looking at the, how are you approaching the economics of the project? Because you said yeah. you registered the company, which is actually quite a big step, which is a lot of people don't even do that to start with. Yeah. So um, with Mint, presumably with 333 uh, NFTs, that's not enough to create a, a big enough treasury uh, unless you're minting at one ETH or whatever it is, right. but, um, to, to really sustain going forward. So is the idea that... Um, the, the project is just going to sustain itself because of all the good alpha calls or what are your thoughts around this? Yeah. So 
that's a great question. It's, you know, the tokenomics are pretty simple because it's just 333 supply. You know, we're not doing staking or anything like that. In terms of mint price, we're, we're minting at 0.25 ETH, right? So 0.25 ETH is our mint price. We have OGs within our community that we really appreciate. They've been there from the start um, and, and they get a discounted mint price of 0.2 ETH, right? But, you know, when, when we run our models and, and our forecasts and budgets and everything like that for the mint, you know, we pretty much know exactly how much we would make at current ETH prices if we were to mint today, if we were to mint tomorrow. And if we were to have a successful mint and 100% mint out, you know, this is how much we would make. If there's the instance, we, we always have to run the SAD models too, right? And that's honestly the one thing that I give to my previous Web2 job is like, I'm happy that I was able to learn that you always have to run the different or the, the bad forecasts to show your client. So it's the same thing for us. What happens if we only mint 50% of our supply and we have to burn the rest? Well, we run those models too, and we can see exactly how much we'd be able to raise for our treasury. And as you did mention, we did focus on creating the company first and making sure that we had our founders agreements settled. We, had, we have a vesting agreement too, right? So all of the funds that are raised from the mint go back into the development of the company. And what do I mean by that? We're not taking out a percentage or anything and saying, this is my check for the amount of work that I've done for this mint for the past six to eight months, right? All of the money raised from the mint funds are going back into the development of the company being, you know, we have, we have uh, prioritized certain fees post mint that we want to take care of. We have additional kind of legal expenses that we want to address in terms of protecting the Seek brand and the IP. There's other kinds of expenses that we want to take care of in terms of paying our developers. You know, we want to bring on staff to help us continue to build the Seek brand as well. And, you know, overall, we feel like when there's proper budgeting and, you know, you you really value every single dollar that you raise and you're not just like a lot of founders do this. I'm not criticizing them, but you know, they have a really successful mint, they raise 250 to 500k USD. And then like, what's the first thing they do, they go buy themselves really expensive JPEGs and stuff. And, and that's, that's fine, you know, they can spend the money how they want to. But by doing that, you don't have the best interest in mind of the community that you you've built, or the community that's followed you and supported you through your mint, right. So for us, like, we're not doing any of that, all the money is going into the development of the company. And, you know, we have We've up to this point, we've operated a very strict budget, but we've been able to accumulate a lot by being very resourceful with our assets. So, so yeah, I, I really like that. I really like, you know, we, we're seeing I've been talking about this for a while and I've been seeing that trend for a while, but more and more, obviously, it's been exacerbated by the bear market, yeah. which mean which is the fact that the projects that are now coming to market are a lot more professional and organized and people that have actual Web2 experience rather than just, you know, throw something on the wall and then see if it sticks kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, your voice doesn't sound very weathered, but what, where are you born in the 80s? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 25 years old. So I was born in 97. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow, you're a, you're a young professional, man. <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got more questions, but Karmic's got his hand raised. We're going to let the, the stage road to you, Karmic, first. Thank you. So first, don't burn your NFTs. I want to mint keep whitelist. <laughs> but more on the more no, but on the yeah, most that was, that's note, one of my questions. <laughs> on a more serious note, um, so the so having sustainable source of income mm -hmm. for an alpha group can be tricky. So I'm gonna share an alpha with you because I'm in an alpha group with people uh, such as uh, like maybe Franklin's board or No Thread guy. 
so I know a bit about those stuff. Um, so basically, the alpha group I'm in uh, is quite successful. Successful. So for instance, on alls, the whole community made like maybe 50 ETH just trading it. Uh, so basically, what they are doing is they've been successful. So they enable a rental of the NFT, meaning uh, as, uh, as of now, the NFT to enter the alpha group is like 1.5 ETH. And you can actually rent it for a week or a month so that people who want to make, try their luck or their skills and then be able to get into the community by purchasing the NFT, if it's too expensive, can actually rent your NFT for like one week, one month, then make some money and then dive into it. And actually, that's, a, I think, a good business model for an alpha group saying, okay, you don't want to be always part of the alpha or people who will sweep several of your uh, nfts can then rent it and so the rental of uh, ownership for alpha groups uh, it's kind of promising and the team has uh, has made like substantial amount of funds through that process i love that idea that's a really smart idea That's all I'll say. Come, come really what, what was the alpha good? What's the name that you, you are talking about? Um, so basically, it's an alpha group which is called Living on the Internet, which I missed on December 31st. It started as like, they did like a free mint and then you could burn three for one pass. So basically, like I could have like, have a lot of passes at 1.5 ETH and it's going to go up. And basically, uh, then, uh, uh, at first, it was like 0.3. So it was around the same amount as uh, as uh, a SIG mean price, more or less, let's say, even if there's a difference. And then, like, the price of, since it was suc more successful and more successful, the price went up to, like, 1.5 today. And, um, and so you, when you hold the NFT, you can also rent the, it's a key. So basically, you can generate passive income and so that you can build yourself, you can do other things instead of just like trading whole day, uh, which is kind of cool also for people who want to, who are early in the community. And yeah, basically, they are also doing like, uh, and this is also for you, Benjamin, they are doing collabs with, with artists, know that their community has developed. And so maybe you could you could have a look at it, maybe do some collab with some like anime artists, etc., and have uh, also that, art that artistic side that can engage your community, help developing your brand, and also um, uh, and also make like uh, funds for your company. But yeah, the, the, my alpha is living on the internet. It's a good one, but it's not the best one. <laughs> yep. Thanks. Thanks, Comic, for the alpha. You meant. Wacky, this guy always building up some facts. All right, so my question to you, Benya, is more towards like the community building side of things because I mean that is one of the topic that I'm always talking about. Uh, and if you if you guys know, you know me and Wacky, we have a goal in mind is to wanting to build up the Asian community. So I'm based in Malaysia, Wacky is based in London. But as long I always tell people, you know, as long as you love the Asian food, then you are considered Asian, right? So <laughs> my, my question to you is this, because I've seen around there are tons of, you know, groups 
I, I wouldn't say just alpha groups, but even small groups, for example, like 333, 555, or even, you know, uh, 777, stuff of, stuff of like this kind of number. So how do you go about in terms of like building it? Because I know for a project, like one of the projects in Singapore, which is also a fellow doses, like they basically spend like tons of hours interviewing, you know, a candidate one-on-one to get to know like, what they want to build in the space and stuff like that. So I'm not too sure how effective that is or what are the, some specific methods that uh, you've been using to build up your community. Because like right now, you know, I know for, for a fact that if your community is strong, like even the main price, for example, 0.25, they believe in the vision, right? They have been together with you guys for tons of months, already getting so much value some maybe even more than like the main price, right? So it's not going to be any, it's going to be a no-brainer for them to mint it. So what was like the strategy behind of how you build the whole project? Yeah, so, you know, how we came up with that number, right? Because that's kind of a magic number that we see with a lot of communities. You know, we we won't lie. We'll be upfront it and we tell people, you know, the number, the supply number came from inspiration from projects like Gajira, Atama, Terrapin, Genesis, you know, those communities those are alpha communities and you know I actually worked for Atama and they have some they had some great things really going for them and um you know we we got a lot of inspiration for them in terms of the supply and and it's this perfect number I'd say for ensuring that you know with alpha community you want to make sure that you're still exclusive because that that is a really important thing if if you're an alpha community and you have more than like 500 1000 members things can become really chaotic Right. And you also lose that whole kind of like, I want to know the person or I want to recognize this person every single day that I come in here to talk about this alpha or talk about this news or trade this kind of project with. And I think that's kind of the really special element in terms of building an alpha community is having that tight knit kind of family like feeling. Right. And and that's something that we wanted to reinforce from the very start, because when we created Seek, obviously, it was just, you know, there's three of us on the founding team, and then we have our, our one designer, and then we also have our two developers. We operated as six people in this closed Discord for like two, two months, two, three months when we were building in the back end, right? And then when we started to open up our community, we only opened to our OGs. You know, we had this kind of rule where it was like, okay, well, you know, we want to keep things really tight knit from the start. Um, let's do 20 OGs per founder. And these OGs, you know, they don't have to do an application for a whitelist. They don't have to grind because these are people that we've come to trust and they've supported us through thick and thin for the past year or however long we've been in Web3. You know, they just get whitelisted immediately. They get seek listed. And that's that's how it's been from the start. You know, we we had our OGs. There was like, you know, 30 to 50 OGs that were in the Discord. They were in there for, you know, like, uh, I want to say like early October, mid-October when we open things up to the I won't say public but it was kind of like a soft launch right and then from there we went to this process where it was like okay the OGs now can invite one person to the discord so you just have this kind of organic growth that's happening it's it's a process that a lot of people don't want to pursue in web3 because everything is about speed 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 how can you get to your mint asap and raise as much funds and capitalize on it, the hype as much as possible right that is how this space operates. But for us, it was about, you know, we know what we're building. We understand our community. We want to really focus on an organic, tight-knit 
alpha community from day one. And that kind of energy will just continue to replenish itself and recycle from even when January 1st, like we knew that January 1st would change everything because we dropped this animation. Then all of a sudden people be like, holy crap, what is this? This looks really good, right? It's on par with Ether. It's on par with Azuki, blah, 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 whatever. Like, no, it's like we're still the same small little alpha community that was here yesterday, you know, building and just having this very tight-knit community, right? So nothing's really changed, but it has been this concept of, all right, one person at a time, focus on organic growth, you know, and then when we do open the doors, you know, we allow for that scalability and things won't seem too rash because, you know, we've always been focusing on the core individuals from the start. And, you know, when we open our Discord to, pub- Discord to public, it was really interesting to see how the community responded, how our like original kind of members, they actually kind of, you know, disappeared for a little bit because the community changed a lot when suddenly you open it to the public. And, you know, what are those people here for? Well, what do they know about the project? They don't know about the tight knit community and everything that we were building in 2022. They only see the animation and they see the hype and then they see, yo, I got to get this whitelist because this looks really hype. Right. And, and it was like, okay, well, we're not going to neglect these people though. They obviously still want to be part of our community. How do we welcome them, but also kind of bridge that, uh, it's like that. It's kind of like a, it's a gap of sorts, a relationship gap between the OG community and the core community and then the new members. And it was like, you know, we had to, we had to slowly kind of trickle people in and throughout January and February, we open the discord to public. We close the discord. We open it for a little bit and then we close it. And, Right now, we're operating in a, in a closed Discord state. So if you were to join our Discord right now, you, would, you wouldn't be able to see any of the alpha. You wouldn't be able to see like the main chat lounge or anything like that. And, and we feel like you know, it's important for us to do that because, one, like alpha still has to be something that's exclusive. And if you're participating in the, in the community and you're there, you're witnessing it, you're observing it, or you're actually engaging, you will get something out of it. Like You will become hopefully a better trader, a better researcher, someone more educated today than you were yesterday. And that's kind of our whole goal, right? And we really do rely on our OG community so much because it's a trust thing. They trust us, we trust them. And and hopefully, you know, as our community, as we get closer to our mint and, you know, hopefully people mint the NFT, they will see how differently things will change post-mint because, a lot of these people, they've already come to know each other when we started building in October, right? Scalability, it's all about scalability. And, and um, you know, by the time things are post-mint, we'll be able to start to build out a lot more of these ideas and these courses that we want to provide to holders, obviously. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully that kind of summarizes how we've built the community. It's, we've done things a little bit differently. I have to give a lot of props to my man, Kooksy, because... You know, he comes from this background of building communities. My focus was in alpha and development, right? My focus was not always in community, but he had these these ideas, how we could grow the community, how we could address certain individuals at certain times. And I feel like that's really helped us a lot in terms of, you know, ensuring that loyalty and transparency was like the top values that we continue to convey and share amongst our community. So I've got a practical question then for you. We've got uh, you know ten minutes left, and I guess you did say that the Discord is currently closed. But 
if anyone wants to get involved, how can they do this? I, I've got, yeah. you know, a, a great person to recommend. I've got, we've got Maeve Nose here. He's a great alpha caller. We've got Karmic here. You know, you've got like two people here that I reckon should probably be in part of the community. Also, while I think about it, you were saying that you've only got one channel. Yeah. I do think if it, if it was me, I would want to have just two channels, but one would be like NFTs type, PFP type project, and the other one, art, mm. right? Because I, I get the feel that art... Um, NFTs and artists, like one-on-one artists, is kind of really drastically different from some of the other uh, still very valuable NFT projects, but it, it feels like two different sectors, but mm -hmm. maybe that's just me looking from the outside. So um, back to the question is how, uh, if people want to get involved, what's your sort of next maybe round of acceptance or how, you know, how can they do that? Yeah. So we're like, when I say we're approaching our mint, uh, this is some alpha, like we're hoping to mint next week. You know, we're just finalizing some things on the side of the contract side. Uh, the website's pretty much ready to go. We just need to connect the Web3 components there. But, you know, our our whitelist is pretty much done. So if you didn't get the application in or if you're not in the Discord at this point and you're not a verified member, uh, which basically means you can see the, the main chat lounge, you can see the alpha calls area, right? That kind of stuff. If you're If you're not that... Like at that point, and you're not a verified member, then you probably can't get in the Discord unless you send me a DM or something. Now I got you, right? But um, our whitelist is pretty much closed. We are running a giveaway right now. I don't know if you guys can pin that tweet or share that with your community, but we're running a, a whitelist spot, a seekless one, seekless spot giveaway on our Twitter. It's going to close in. Uh, it was tweeted yesterday, so 24 hours from now. Uh, you know, 333 supply. We really don't have many spots that we could give away right so we want to make sure that every single spot goes to the right person you know we we when we do like you had mentioned earlier um puke you had mentioned the whole concept that we do these coloring book contests stuff like that it's the unique thing about our our project is that we have this creativity and this ip to work with this anime style character you know our main character our kind of mascot her name is rain so we do a lot of experiments with you know, how can we be creative with rain? How can we create different ways for the community to get involved? And, you know, acknowledging the fact that there are people that like trading and are here for the alpha. But there's also people that are really creative that, you know, they just like the anime style art. So we have to be able to provide that opportunity to them as well. So, you know, we, we ran a lot of different contests, a lot of different creative contests that had nothing to do with alpha just had to do with the typical kind of you know creativity of web3 um but you know those are pretty much all done now it whatever giveaways we run on twitter from now between now and next week you know those are pretty much your last opportunities to get a whitelist spot but you know um things will change post mint so because so, we'll be on the market so, so. I, I, guys i've been trying to pin tweets for the past actually 30 minutes uh, that are seek related and somehow it's not allowing me so if you just click on benny's profile and I click on C, you can see what um, Benny is referring to. Um, Maeve, Karmic, you heard the man. Just DM him. I highly recognize, uh, you know, hopefully there's a chance. Benny, just, just get in Maeve. We, we, you know, he's our alpha caller. He's, he's good. He's good. Uh, and Karmic. So, um, Puke, do you have any other questions? No, I'm, I'm pretty sold, man. That's it. Like, yeah. I love how um, you basically, like, stuff 
can't build in, for example, like massive hype, and then in one day, you know, you build up to a certain following, like you know, you don't, you can't even manage the expectation of that much people, right? And that slow building, you know, although you know it may not seem as sexy in in a project as it, it like you want it to be, right? But that is kind of like the brick and butter, you know, basically really just laying the brick by brick, and we see success. Uh, because of this, right? Like, I mean, there are tons of projects we talk about it as well. But like the three, three, three projects. I mean, for example, you talk about Gojira. Uh, we know Zeneca is only like what, I think one, two, eight or something like that. So all the small numbers right now, Kyong's, uh, you know, MVP and stuff like that. All those kind of like building brick by brick, and because of that, they are still relevant up to now. Like, I mean, ignore the Azukis, ignore the Yuga Labs. Maybe those are blue chips that hey, it's hard to build, right? But if we see in the common market right now, projects that are actually that are still striving, you know, they do their core um, core members, and then from that, you know, they prove to the members, hey, this is something that we can do, we can build, and then they move on to the second collection, which is maybe for the masses, cheaper price. Uh, on board more people to win but always you know just valuing the genesis holder and i mean yuga does that in a big scale and uh, right now i see tons of project that is doing this route really see success in it so benny i have to say you know uh, mint is one week uh, away um all the best to you i know um you know minting is always gonna be stressful but it you sounds like you know you are pretty ready for it bro oh yeah you know, we've been ready since day one. Obviously, the market is not something that we control. It's very unpredictable. So, you know, I'm consulting various mentor figures and advisors uh, for my Web3 life, Web2 life about, you know, what do you think about this? You know, being conscientious of the various economic dates that are coming out. You know, CPI comes out uh, next Tuesday in, in a week from now, March 14th. And then, you know, 22nd, Powell has his Fed rate hike announcement. So things like that we're being conscious about. But we're very confident in our mint. We believe that with the community that we've grown, you know, they support us through. They've supported us through the bear market. I think it's interesting. They've supported us through the bear market when we didn't have a PFP. So when we didn't have all the hype, they were there for us. When we had all the hype, they were there for us. And that's all that matters. We understand our community. We understand that you know we can have all this hype and stuff, but it doesn't really matter if we're only three hundred thirty-three supply. You know, so. Um, the the love is mutual, but I appreciate you guys having me on here today. Yeah, this is good. Looking forward to it. I got to tell you, um, you're talking about all those numbers and everything. And, and to a certain extent, I think for an alpha group, they're almost completely irrelevant because it goes back to what you were saying. The good quality one is like portfolio management, right? Portfolio managers, when when the times, when markets are going well, when it's in the bull market, well, everybody's doing well. So it really doesn't take a genius to, to do well in a bear market, in a bull market. But in the bull market, this is when really the good quality portfolio managers or alpha group can really shine. Definitely. So, you know, the fact that you guys are, are here then is uh, is testament to this. So, yeah, e- exciting stuff. We're going to follow you. We're going to, you know, I'm determined that we're going to get some of our, some of the Asia Web3 muffers in that group. We want to know all this alpha that you're talking about. You get us excited now. Tell, literally, you're telling us you're almost the best alpha group out there. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what you're doing. Plus the fact that you're combining this with, um, as you said, the anime style. It, it's good because it adds a little story. As you already said, some of those alpha groups, then they get dull a little bit afterwards. So yeah. really excited. Congratulations. Uh, good luck with the mint again. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch. I think it would be great to, uh, to get you back on at some point. Thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun and um, I'd love to come back on another time. 
Always a pleasure, brother. So once again, thank you for being a part of the Asia Web3 Motherfuckers, powered by PewCast, the Rock Radio of Asia. And with you guys, I believe we are one step ahead in building the most genuine community in Asia. So I have to say, Benny, thanks, thank you so much for being here. Basically, it's one week uh, before the main. All the best to you. You know, we know that the, the hard work you put behind the project. So just want to wish you massive success for it. All right, Wacky, are you ready to do the outro? I'm ready. I'm ready. You want it now? <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this was Asia Web3. Motherfuckers, thank you for joining us. This was Benye from Seek NFT. This is us signing out.